0: Welcome to the podcast, Most People Don't But You Do, stories and conversations about the benefits received and the fulfillment enjoyed by doing what most people don't. This is Bart Berkey, CEO and founder of Most People Don't. We're a motivational storytelling and training company where we provide enabling tools to empower you to do what most people don't. I am beyond excited today for our guest. His name is Jeffrey Brenner. Let me read a little bit about his background and what he is currently doing and then before we get to questions, I want to let our listeners know why I asked Jeffrey to be part of this podcast. He is the director of special markets military director of special markets and military for Seiko Watch of America LLC. He is also the executive committee treasurer for the Incentive Marketing Association. And when I was reviewing your background, Jeffrey, you know, there are some incredible companies that you've worked with you've been a leader of salespeople you have been a seller of gifts you have been working for high-end companies Uh, i just wanted to pause here for a moment and welcome you to the podcast before i begin complimenting you even more
1: thank you bart it's great to be here and i'm excited to just have a nice conversation with you this morning yeah and that's really what
0: this is all about jeffrey when i met you gosh it was was that august in minneapolis it was probably (laughs) August. I think it was
1: August. So
0: it's been a a little while. So not that long ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Jeffrey and I, uh, we connected on LinkedIn. You sent some immediate follow-up notes right after saying, I loved your presentation. You know, let's stay in touch. Let's see how we can assist each other. That struck me as being, first of all, critically important when I look at individuals and human beings, your follow-up was so amazing. But then as we followed each other on LinkedIn, I'm realizing that this gentleman, Jeffrey Branner, is all over the country, probably all over the world, reaching out, staying connected with with customers, spreading positivity, sharing, encouraging, just so much light and positivity, Jeffrey, I have no idea how you can travel, how you can interact with that many people and remain so positive and outstanding. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on the podcast, because just your salesmanship as a human being, and it almost sounds right, wrong saying salesmanship, but your brightness and your positivity and your engagement and your relationships is beyond what I have seen in a very long time. That's why I wanted you to join the show.
1: And I appreciate it. I, I'm like I said, I'm excited for us to delve in deeper a little bit on my background and and I'm happy to share where all this energy and positivity comes from. Yes, and it, it comes from many different people. Okay. And I wanted to start kind of in the beginning
0: about growing up. Can you tell us about where you grew up? I know before we started hitting record and broadcasting, we shared that you know you spent many years in Houston, but can you talk about growing up, where you grew up, siblings and influencers? I know that's a lot to go on.
1: No, there, there, there's no pun intended because we'll get to that later. There, there's a lot to unpack there, actually, Bart. So born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, family had a retail business there for over 90 plus years. Thus, the reason you'll see the connection of product And retail and things like that. So my great grandfather came through Ellis Island. He was one of five brothers. Four of the brothers decided to stay in New York and open Brenner Brothers clothing. My great grandfather, fortunately, had an uncle. I've always been told this Uncle Phil. I never knew who Uncle Phil was. He had come to Montgomery the year before. He said, the weather's nice here. You don't have to deal with the snow and the ice, unlike his great 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 grandson is dealing with today Um, and he moved to Montgomery Alabama and he had a fruit cart and he had a small fruit cart and also had some expertise in as a cobbler and so he did some shoe shining and shoe repair and things like that Ultimately, what he did is he opened a shoe manufacturing business, more of a repair business in 1910. And there are two military bases in Montgomery, Alabama, Air Force bases. And the military would have him repair shoes and it was a small little fledgling business. And then both of his sons, my grandfather and great uncle, came into the business with him. They expanded that into handbag repair, some luggage repair and things like that. And it, it just was a business that blossomed and it was in South Alabama and there weren't a lot of other businesses like that. And many people were merchandisers in that, those days, as you know. Um, and they tend to have shops or grocer or they were the cleaner, they were you know, whoever it was. It was some service related industry. And then my father, um, came into business with his father and still at the same time with his, his grandfather and really expanded the business into luggage, leather goods, gifts. So across the country, you've seen many different locally based family owned luggage, leather goods, gifts. And we also had a very large shoe repair business. So again, small family business. Um, I was always attached to the business. I, I thrived on it i loved being in the store from as a small child waiting on people it was just i think in some way it was just sort of part of who i am and it was definitely part of who i was becoming and i think in sales and i think when it comes to product i'm very strange about product i love all products i love the application of products to different situations be it you know incentive and recognition and gifting and motivating and all those different things which has led which which has led me to where I am today um so th- that was kind of the interesting part of my life that I don't think you knew oh I know on your face I yes. know um that you did not
0: yeah no I did not know that and as I look more at your background, it totally makes sense. That was the influence. Where did your great-great-grandfather, if I'm getting the greats proper, where did they come from?
1: Where was their original country of origin? Eastern Europe. So Lithuania and Bialystok, um, which okay. is really not part of that, is not there anymore. But yeah, they came through. And But my grandparents were both born in the States, which okay. is interesting. And okay. one in Philadelphia and one in Montgomery, actually. So and may I ask Jeffrey, is the business still in existence? No, my my father um, had the business up to about 90 years that he had it. And then, you know, things changed. And even though Montgomery is a, a nice city and it's the capital of the state, things change over time. And none of us were going in the business. I'm the youngest of three boys. And um not that, that and that was not a disappointment to my father at all. I learned very early on he wanted us to do what made us happy. That was another positive influence on my life. My father was an extremely important person to me. I unfortunately lost him about five years ago, but he had an amazing life instilled, amazing, um, an amazing moral character into myself and my brothers. Um, he was probably one of the most highly respected regarded people in business in Montgomery. Um, worked hard, enjoyed life. His family were very important to him, but his friends were very important to him. And again, I, I tend to model my life a lot after the way his life was and what led him to um, be the person that he was. It worked for him. So it couldn't be so bad. Why not try to emulate that? Right. And, and, and then move forward. Jeffrey, was
0: your mother very involved with influencing your formative years?
1: You know, unfortunately, my mother um, became ill when I was young. Um, the illness is not important, but um, she was only around for me in the very, very early years. Um, so th- that that was um, not. But I, again, where I hold my father in such high regard, here's a man who raised three boys who ran three different stores, who was deeply involved in the synagogue, deeply involved in um, the Masons, the Shriners, the business associations, and was able to balance all that. And it goes back to what you asked me in the very beginning, you're all over the place, right? And how do you balance that and keep positive? I think there's just a way to do that. You compartmentalize The most critical and the most important and you reserve time for those things and how to give of yourself his priority were his three boys that was number one above and all everything else
0: so it sounds like were your brother are your brothers older than you or younger
1: both are older um my middle brother unfortunately is no longer living but he uh two we're two two and two and my eldest brother's an attorney
0: okay so your father had to, he had the responsibility of three stores, being active in the business community, volunteering his time. Did he have any help with raising the three boys when your mother had passed?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, so my grandparents were, you know, there, and I had a great uncle who was almost like a second grandfather as well. So there was definitely a A network for him and close, extremely close family friends who are to this day still close family friends. It's just generation to generation. Basically, and and you may experience this currently in your own life five families that grew up together. All the kids grew up together, different ages. We were in Sunday school together. Some went to different schools together. Parents have known each other since college, fraternity brothers, sorority sisters. I mean, literally to this day, my closest friend. We've known each other since we were six months old. And and to this day, we speak once a week. Incredible.
0: And and that's what I'm getting a sense. And I love asking these questions because Jeffrey, if someone met you at an event or at a trade show and you're talking about Seiko watches, they're probably not going to get into this immediate depth of who you are. And when they have the pleasure, because you have so many customer friends and relationships out there, When they hear this, they're probably going to learn a little bit something new about you. I'm getting a sense of balance, relationships, family, prioritization. All all that is exactly what you just shared. What an amazing story.
1: Did your father ever remarry? Absolutely. He, um, when we were, I think it was in my early to mid-20s, met a wonderful person. Uh, And, you know, it wasn't like she needed to raise children. Um, She immediately became uh, an incredible partner to my father, um, an incredible addition to our family, was accepted all around, someone local, someone we kind of knew peripherally, you know, in the in the community. Um, They paired very well. She was an educator. My mother was an educator. So kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Um, She just had an infectious personality. You know, one of these people who did not gossip, but at the same time, couldn't wait to hear as much gossip as she could possibly get from someone else, but she wouldn't repeat it. So she and I had a, uh, I tend to laugh about a very close relationship in that respect.
0: Yeah. Jeffrey, then going back to the formative years, understanding that you were involved, you would you know assist out in the, in the, the store, the shoe repair store, the cobbler store, the manufacturing store, all of these things. Uh, when it came time upon high school, um, what did you do after high school?
1: So I went to the University of Alabama, and you know my involvement continued there. I was a member of ZBT fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was vice president and social chairman, which may come as a shock to you. Um, My second year, where I would, you know, put on the big parties and hire the bands and negotiate contracts, and that was a learning process for me. You know, you learn, people may not believe this, there are skill sets that are learned, even in putting together a big event and a party. And it helped me understand some very strong negotiation tools and putting on events and what it took, uh, the necessary details, especially the word details, Um, which you can fully respect and understand with your background in the hospitality industry, Um, every, every little particular item matters. And for me, it's not the basics, it's how do you go above and beyond those basics? How do you take it one step further that people don't expect? Maybe even take it one step further than that. They didn't expect that, but boy, they really didn't expect this. And it's what makes things memorable. It can be in business. It can be at an event where you're selling. It could be an event where you're partnering. It doesn't really matter.
0: And, and it can be even simply instead of sending a connection on LinkedIn, it can be adding an additional comment about, we met in Minneapolis. I love this part of your story. As a result, I'm now going to be taking the stairs versus escalator. That's exactly what you did. Something similar. Instead of just sending a LinkedIn connection with no note to it, you customized and personalized the note. And then every single posting that I had since we met, you commented on and you liked and or liked. That is going above and beyond. And that's not was not expected. So I love that you were an immediate fan of mine because I'm an immediate fan of yours.
1: Well, that's very kind of you. And it's, you know, some people may think it's... Um purposeful, and that's okay, because it is purposeful that I do it. Um, Ultimately, if I don't believe in something, and it's not something that I truly find of interest and of value, full transparency, transparency, I'm not going to comment on it. It's not just to say, oh, wow, I've reached out to Bart, and maybe Bart would love to reach out to me, and it's going to help my business. Ultimately, yes. There is, these are connections and they help Mm -hmm. you, they help me, they help, hopefully it could help other people because maybe they may never have heard of Bart Berkey, right? And they go on and they listen to your podcast and which I don't think most people don't. I think most people do. They go in, they listen to your podcast and and what's the worst thing that can happen, Bart? They actually gain something from it, right? And and I have this innate passion for um, connecting people Seeing them grow, seeing those connections work, that is, I get so much satisfaction from that. I want nothing in return. I genuinely, people in my industry, they start a new business. I find a new brand for them. I had a conversation somewhere at one of the big meeting events. You know, I'm like, you know, you should talk to so and so, or, you know, you would be really good for so and so. And when I hear they connect and it works, nothing brings me more pleasure. Jeffrey,
0: how do you think that came about? So we talked about a a little bit high school, going to University of Alabama, being involved with fraternities, networking, having leadership roles. All along that time, and even when you were grade school, helping out in the store, did you get that sense of, I want to help people, I want to connect people, I want to service people? Or did it come later? Because I wanted this to graduate into w- when you graduated and what your first job was. But can you answer sure. that?
1: You know, it, it's it's actually simple. It, it was by watching my grandfather and my great uncle and my father. It, it, I, if, if there's such a thing as osmosis, really, <laughs> it, it just sort of creeped into my being. Yeah, That's really what it was. My grandfather and great uncle were identical in that way. Different different um, expertise of course, which is great one was more operational one was much more front of the house my my father was much more of both because he tended he was an only child he needed to be and that's where that happened and, and um, did you see it was, it, did you see it bringing them joy? Oh absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I could see on my father's face when he maybe met someone and oh you should reach out to so and so and it may not be business related it could have been that's a great doctor you should go to that doctor for that reason you know I, i'll share with you early on now because you know i could move you know 45 years um, i had mentioned to you i lost my father about five years ago he had an incredible life and i think this is not a sad story it's a very short simple story that will speak to what you just asked me
0: yes.
1: You know he he's in the hospital and my brother and i had the good fortune of being with him for the last couple of weeks of his life and and they were great conversations and he had close friends that were his fraternity brothers at university of alabama they're all there they're visiting and one of them it was one of his close close friends you know this was probably five days before he passed away they're all everybody's talking he's sort of quiet and he's listening and everybody's you know telling stories and All of a sudden, my father opens his eyes and he says, so Leon, how's your foot doing? I heard you were having some trouble with your foot and some issues with your leg. And I know you don't listen and you shouldn't be out going golfing. And he started laughing and and he said, Walter, why are you worried about my foot? He said, oh, so it's better. He said, well, no, not at all. He said, well, you need to take care of yourself, please. So here's my father in the last days of his life was more concerned about someone else's ailment and it sort of encapsulated who he was as an individual. And so for most people, it probably, oh, that's very nice. For me, at a very vulnerable time of my life, it just reinforced over and over again um, that way of being. Does that does that make sense, Bart? No, that, that yes,
0: yes. And I could just, I'm envisioning it as you are sharing that story. Not many days to live, and he is worried about other people. Correct. He's concerned about helping other people and that they're taking care of one another. And I'm, I'm what I shared with you I'm typing in some notes, and I have to tell you, connections has come up probably about 10 times. And it's connecting people for the right reasons, not because you want anything, because it's authentic. And I also like that term that you use purposeful, but your purposeful actions are because you are authentic jeffrey did your brothers also get that same sense of connections and helping other people and Um, i know your one brother had passed but
1: no my my middle brother definitely did. he had um a good heart who would give the shirt off his back to if it was his last shirt to to anyone and and, and that's the way he lived his life, um, which was important. My eldest brother is an incredible intellect and has many incredible characteristics about him. He's very giving. Um, he is much more, we talk about the operational in front of the house. Yeah. He's much more operational, I think. More transactional would be a way you would describe him. That's not a negative in any means, where my relationships are more emotional, but not in the sense of emotion.
0: Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I've been using the term that I learned from a friend of mine, Marina, she shared the term 3D relationships, 3D, not surfacey, which is transactional, one dimensional, or not even two dimensional, your relationships are three dimensional, it's not just about how can I help you or with a product or services or about Seiko watches? It's about, tell me about you. And we will lead to eventually how I can perhaps fill a need that you need from the business lens. I definitely sense that from
1: you. And Bart in sales in general, I think if you want to go to sales 101, Mm -hmm. and you want to go my early twenties and on, you have to get to know the customer. You need to know who they are, what makes them tick, what, what, really gets them going Mm -hmm. and then the product is the product it's it's an inanimate object a very good inanimate object right and Mm -hmm. i want it to fit what your need is but how can i do that without asking questions i think i think many people um for better or for worse they just want to sell something and that can happen Mm -hmm. and that's great but if you want to build a long-term relationship with that customer and not just make it transactional, so they'll refer you to other people and you might find something else for them, I, I think that's a better way of going at it. And that, that has been my way of working. I feel like it works for me. It may not work for other people. When I can't help someone, meaning you know my product's not working for them, I know they have a need, I will immediately connect them to someone, one of my colleagues in the industry. Now, probably not a direct competitor, but a different category, absolutely. Jeffrey, my guess is that
0: individuals that you work with, and I'm just, I'm reviewing your LinkedIn profile. Everything from Neiman Marcus to Ashford to Saks Fifth Avenue to a design company to Hartman Luggage to uh, Pelucida Glass to Seiko. Is it fair to say that you probably are in touch with a lot of the people that perhaps the relationship started when you were with, when you were representing Saks Fifth Avenue or Neiman Marcus or Ashford?
1: So absolutely. In fact, some of my closest personal friends or have turned into friendships uh, were derived from some of those. So you had asked, so after college, when I moved to Houston, I went to work for Neiman, uh, Macy's Mm -hmm. and was fortunate enough um, to kind of start out with them in their shopping services. At that point, it was called Macy's by appointment. So it again, kind of goes back to a service related, it was their corporate gift and clothing fashion um, area. And I was extremely lucky to have an incredible mentor. She just retired after 34 years at Macy's, who to this day, we are still very good friends. Um, She was probably one of my strongest influencers on how to behave, how to act, how to handle yourself in this environment, um, how to provide service above and beyond what is anticipated, not what's expected, but above and beyond what's anticipated. You know, Give them more than they ever thought they would have. So I, I go back to that again that we talked about earlier, right? Um, um, and to this day, I, I treasure her um, for her mentorship and, and, and more importantly today, her friendship. and
0: and it's okay to share names too i wanted to ask you um your father's name walter walter okay walter so um shout out to walter above right who absolutely oh, i'm sure absolutely. the spirit and just as we talk about such important people i always like to ask share their name right That's whether so they're fair. here or not but share their names no, so you. at, at macy's
1: that, that person was karen birch she went on to be a vp at macy's She ran the bridal division, all the shopping services, moved on, moved me with her. Um, Many different lessons I learned about hiring, about the unfortunate times of having to separate someone from a company, Um, what it means that when the person you report to is not pleased with how you work, but then they turn around and say, let's go to lunch 20 minutes later. And I... You know, scuffled my feet and went in the corner and pouted for five minutes, and I was taught a lesson that one is lunch and we have to eat, and one is a learning process. So that's the type of mentorship I received from her, and she provided me advice all through my career into this day. Every once in a while, it's like you know, I loved seeing that from you. That really resonated with me, um, and and my answer back is well, look in the mirror. You taught me that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I learned that from you.
0: And Jeffrey, You're in your roles, you know, you've not only been a, I'll just call it a seller, but you've been a leader of people. Absolutely. How, how would you describe your leadership style based on all the things that you learned
1: from your mentors and from your father, Walter? Yeah, I, I think there's kind of three words I've always sort of my own direction to myself, and it's trust, understanding, and respect. So you need to trust the people that are working with you. I, I don't like to say people work for me. I, I've always said that people work with me. Um, I'm not a ruler. I'm not a king. You know, we, we're all after the same goal, hopefully. In most cases, that works, and some, you know, and we all know, in some cases, it doesn't. I mean, I'm going to look on the half-full side. The majority of the times, it does. You know, I've had as many as 40 people reporting to me at a retailer to no one reporting to me which is a godsend sometimes after that and you need to trust the people that are around you you know you give them the direction that you think is right but also trust them to go out and do it and be there for them as a support as a mentor, as a advice provider but be there be available to them and I, I think that and I'll, I'll We could talk about the pandemic in a minute, but that is one of the most critical things is being available to people uh, that I have found in my current role, the importance of it. And then understanding. As long as you understand me, I'm understanding what the goals are for the corporation, for the product, for the business unit, for whatever it is, I need to be able to correctly communicate that back out to the people who are working with me and make sure they embrace that same direction. And then respect. It's just simple mutual respect. I don't think it needs a lot of explanation because respect at its most highest level is is critical. I will tell you, and I'm very transparent about this, and that's a word I tend to use a lot, transparent. The word trust is critical to me. Um, I value it. it, it's something I've been taught from an early age. And when I lose trust in someone or something or an entity, it's very difficult for me to move forward. Yes. It doesn't happen that often, but I think trust is can be highly underrated where it should be highly, highly rated. Even, even more so today, Absolutely. With yes, the negativity so that's hard.
0: going on in the world and the changes and the conflicts, trust is so important, and I'm continuing to hear the word empathy and gratitude used in the workplace. I'm hopeful, and I have a couple of ideas and presentations that you probably already know about, of trying to, how can you build a format, a culture of trust, because it's critically important. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, Jeffrey. So those were things from a leadership perspective, trust, understanding, and respect. What would be the characteristics you think are most important as a sales person? And I know you represent these, but
1: what immediately comes to mind? You know, they're almost interchangeable. Uh The customer has to trust you. They have to trust you right? Mm -hmm. And they have to respect what you're telling them. And and I don't want to continue to go back to that exact same thing, but I think listening first and foremost, what is your need? And I know these are very elementary um, thought processes. Tell me what it is you need. How can I help you? And listen to what that need is. Step back for a minute and genuinely listen. That's been a learned trait for me. I'm very open about that. In my early years, I would get so excited and get, because there's a passion there that I would overrun people, that I wasn't listening to what they needed. And when it came time to perform and get them what they wanted, I was sort of lost. So that was a learned trait. It was definitely pointed out to me by many people. And that's okay. That's constructive. We only grow from const- you know constructive criticism. Yeah. And I think in addition, Bart, it's not just listening, it's understanding the total industry that you're in. So if I look at the current corporate gift, incentive, recognition, loyalty space, which I'm deeply involved with, which you mentioned at the beginning, with the associations, with the Incentive Marketing Association, with past president of IMRA, the Incentive Manufacturers and Rep Alliance, There is a understanding of the totality of the industry and how does my product, how does my brand fit that solution that you need and you need to make sure that works. There will be times and there are times that my product doesn't work for what your need is and what your solution is, but then I reach out to my network. Yes. And you are helping the company I work for. That's priority Mm -hmm. one. And go to the nth degree to make that work. But when it doesn't, instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I just can't help you, Mm -hmm. but I know I can assist you. Why don't you call A, B, or C? I'm just going to connect you to them. Please do not leave me on the email trail. I wish you the best of luck. I will let them know you're reaching out. That takes me moments. It's not a, it goes back to when you said, how do you have the time and you're everywhere? Those little nuggets, they take moments. And if that works, if she can find the customer, right? What she needs from connection A,
0: yeah.
1: life's good. Yeah, and We all know that the customer, when she does see there's a need that'll work for my product category, mm-hmm. I'm going to be top of mind. Yeah.
0: The little moments. I want to go back to something that you had said about essentially delivering above expectations to go above, not only above and beyond, but above and beyond what they would expect. Can you share an example or two about what you do or what you have done to exceed someone's
1: wireless expectations? I think at its most basic level, some of the most common things that have happened is delivering early when they're expecting it to be late. Mm -hmm. Um, staying on top of something when it's a weekend or a holiday, because you know how important it is for them. A lot of times in our business, my specific category of business or in most businesses, you know, we may be selling to a distributor who's selling to an end user corporation who is doing something for someone else. There's many, many layers. So I take the the position of the most, the, the last person, right? they need to get this item out to this person to thank them for 10 years of great service, or thank you for speaking at my event, or congratulations for being awarded this. Yes, it's important to me to get it out because the distributor's happy, the distributor's and user's happy, but ultimately the recipient of the item, and I put myself in their position. Yes. And, and do everything you can to overperform and make sure it happens. It could be a Saturday. It could be a Sunday. It could be as simple as, here's a screenshot of the UPS label to let you know, I don't want you to worry about this anymore. It's gonna be there tomorrow morning. And I will reach out to you tomorrow morning and let you know that it's there, even though you may be holding it. And, and there's a, goes back, there's the trust that you've built there. And that's one of the biggest things. There are many <laughs> um, that I could share with you, I think. One of the most interesting things I did to gain business and to gain trust was when I was with Neiman's. And um, I was given a, um, the, I was in San Francisco for one full year with Neiman Marcus for that whole market territory and for corporate gifting. And we had had a lot of, other people had had a difficult time getting in with the San Francisco 49ers with the, the chairman basically. It wasn't the coach, it wasn't the administration. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, how do you get in front of someone? How do you ingratiate them? So we had a company that did all these custom chocolates for us. So I had a regulation size football made in chocolate, wrapped in all the cello and all the San Francisco 49ers colors and put in a Neiman Marcus gift box because he and his wife were major Neiman's customers, already knew that. I did have access to their home address, fortunately or unfortunately. Back in those days, it wasn't as much of a challenge. It was a gift from Neiman Marcus and in it, I said, I'd like to score a touchdown with you and get in front of you and see how we can help you with your holiday gift. And fortunately he took the letter, wrote a note on it, gave it to his senior vice president of marketing. She reached out to me and said, I have been asked to speak with you. And we did a, the next year we did 1,500 chocolate champagne bottles with two crystal flutes and something else was their holiday gift um, from Marcus. And it was just going a little bit above and beyond and being creative, I guess. And and to your point,
0: I think it's more than going a little bit above and beyond that was going massively important. You were strategic, you were thoughtful, you listened, you did all of those things. When you also shared Jeffrey delivering early when it's expected to be late in putting yourself into the shoes of the recipients, people that have worked hard for a company, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, people that have exceeded their quota from an incentive and recognition perspective, you are putting yourself into the mindset of them. How am I gonna feel if I get something late when they tell me it's supposed to arrive? How am I going to feel if it's the wrong size, if it's the wrong face, if it's the wrong model of watch? all of those things, a lot of people are thinking transactional, and you are thinking trust, understanding, and respect to deliver it. I want to to ask you about the state of the industry. So we know meetings and events has been disrupted. The world has been disrupted during the last, gosh, two years at this point. What can you share with regard to how do you believe the incentive industry is currently? And then I would like to learn more about, you were talking about the fit of a solution. I would lear- like to learn about more about how Seiko Watch can fit a solution. So can you talk industry overall? Where are we and what's happening? So
1: from the gift recognition and from the merchandise side, yes. let me yes. speak to that first. Um, you know, During COVID for the past two years, Um, There have been some significant supply chain challenges, but what's very impressive um, about all of the different, um, what has been very impressive, about all of the different brands in our industry, um, they have been able to really kind of rise to the top, you know, and, and they've been able to be creative and find other options for the industry. Um, Employee recognition is at its all-time high, but it's now where before onboarding has become extremely important, you know, new hires, and they do gifting for onboarding and incentives and recognizing them. Some of it is financial. Some of it may be merchandise driven. A lot of it is a combination of both. Um, There might be a signing bonus, and then you may get a beautiful writing instrument, and then you might get an iPad or you may get a timepiece. So it just depends on the company and things like that. So the state of the industry is really great from the merchandise side. Um, You may hear that, yes, the pipeline is bad. People aren't getting their products. But there's a lot of products out there. There's a lot of brands. There's a lot of categories. Um, We have been extremely fortunate in our category um, where we have not had challenges, but many have and we're very cognizant of that. And we wish only you know, positives for each one of those brands across the board. Now the meeting and event space, and you brought that up, which is very interesting. Um, yes, hit extremely hard. But again, from the merchandise side, if company A is planning on taking 250 of their top sales professionals, right? And they're supposed to be going to Hawaii. Um, they're not going on that trip anymore. So they still have the budget. So what are they doing? They're giving them incredible products as gifts. You're letting them select them from a variety of different sources. There are solution provider companies out there that they'll do the website and they will do all the bells and whistles that go with that. Or they're just working directly with a brand like us and we're sending things out to them. So there's always a workaround. And I think what's really amazing and I, I'm impressed and fascinated when it comes to our industry, Um, how resilient people are and how creative versus they take that positive, let's look forward. Let's not dwell on what today is, what we need to do to get forward to tomorrow. And and, and I respect that. And I have a ton of colleagues in this industry from the merchandise, gift card, travel, meeting and event space. Um, And I watch how they do this and I am fascinated. I am impressed um, day in and day out. And where we are able to be a part of that, we're thrilled. Um, but but it's an amazing industry, and, and with with a lot of passion behind a lot of the people within it. Totally agree, and it
0: has given me selfishly additional opportunities. So you know, retired from Ritz Carlton Global Sales, have been doing this now full time a little over a year. But it has given me great opportunity because when they are onboarding, they want to set the tone. So they can hire me to come in personally, or I can do it virtual for my home studio. The same thing with recognition. They need a little bit of inspiration to say, job well done, keep it going for 2022. In 2023, they're able to bring me in. So I'm seeing some really great signs from that. I would like to understand who is the perfect recipient for Seiko, a perfect, um, what need might they have in which your company can provide a perfect solution? That's probably a better way
1: of phrasing it. No, I, I think you phrased it well the first time. I think it, it initially it'll go back to what, what the purpose is, Bart, at first. So let's let's kind of chop it up and I won't take much time doing that, but let's look at years of service. Mm-hmm. Companies typically start at five, a lot of them are starting at two. We probably don't fit into that two year, that's fine. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, there are up to 40 still. Um, You know, The nice thing about a timepiece, especially a Seiko timepiece, it's classic. It's what we like to say in the industry. It may be an old word, but it's heirloom quality. So grandpa got this watch because he worked 40 years at this company. He gives it to his son because he wanted him to have it. It means a lot, it's engraved on the back and it's special the father gives it to the son, it becomes more than just a timepiece, it becomes a reflection of who that person is, and that may sound sort of deep to people, some people, it's just a watch, well, you could say, it's just a handbag, it's just a piece of luggage, it's just, it, it is, it is an inanimate object, but what is that inanimate object, um, What is it saying? What does it say about the person who wore it on their wrist for so many years and what they did to get it, right? And the appreciation. So that's how, from the years of service part, Bart, you're smiling, so I wanted to stop talking. Yeah, no,
0: and it's giving me goosebumps because I just typed in time. So yes, it's a time piece, but it is something that is personal. You are wearing it. You are looking at it multiple times a day it is, while in no disrespect to a handbag, you might use a handbag every single day or you might not. I might use sunglasses or headphones every single day or I might not. But for the most part, and you might have different watches, as an example, but it represents time. It represents the accomplishments. It represents the memories. And as an heirloom, yes, you can pass it down. Like I have a plaque. In no disrespect to any company that I work with, it's you know encased in a little black um, glass composite, right? And it says "Congratulations for 15 years." Thank you. I'm not going to. It doesn't. It's underneath my desk. I'm not looking at every single day. It's not a reminder. I shared this before we started hit record. These shocker bracelets that I got from a, an incredible gentleman, Joshua David, and his love of his life, Dana, I'm looking at that, I took it off so it's not clanging when I'm doing this, but I'm looking at that and I'm remembering the positive message that I got from that gentleman and it makes me immediately think of Hawaii and my feet are in the sand. The same thing about when you look at your watch, when the recipients are looking at your, their watch, it is representative of time.
1: It, you know, and, and I agree with you when you say it's, I, I love the way you say it, it is time. And it, it's time, well-spent time, honored time, <laughs> measured. We could go into a million different euphemisms, right? But they're real. They're not. They're not mundane. They're not thrown out to be cute or catchy. There, there is a true value to it. And so that's the, um, that's the years of service part. There's a gifting side as well that you want to gift someone for their incredible sales achievement, reaching a gold, getting to the pinnacle, being at the top, whatever it may be. So we do a large event business. And so more experiential. You, you have the Seiko experience. You, you know, You're at the destination with other brands. The recipients, the attendees, they come up, they select the item they want. They have a variety of choice, and that's exciting for them. There is yeah. a camaraderie that's there together with their peers, and 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 that's another from the gifting side, and 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 there's just multiple other from a marketing, from a self promotion, you know. And and what's great about the brand is that we we have tiers, and so. We fit into your lifestyle, regardless of your budget, to a point, of course. But you're going to get a quality product with an impeccable history, celebrating our 140th anniversary this year. A family-owned business, still sixth generation. Um, you know, there's a lot of value in that alone. And yes, there's the timepiece, the the inanimate object. But what does that say? What is and You know, we part of my job and and part of what any good sales professional's job is for their product is to explain to their customer that what value this holds to the recipient and the importance of it. And what is it going to say about them? What is it going to say about their organization, their company, their values? And Mm -hmm. I, I think it goes deeper than just the physical product. Yeah. There is a message that wraps around it and you have to make sure you're doing that.
0: Yeah, and Jeffrey, that, that just leads to, it's not transactional as a gift. It is Jeffrey Brenner and XYZ Company bringing value through Seiko with a gift that means something. There's so much more that we could dive into. I do have two additional questions for you though, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. So, Jeffrey, with regard to balance, um, you shared with me a little bit. I know uh, you and your husband, Joseph, are getting hit with with snow right now. You appear to be everywhere. I'm looking at LinkedIn. You're at this conference. You're on the executive committee here, a leadership role here. You're with customers here. You're at a trade show. How are you able to maintain balance?
1: You know, it's, it's not that difficult. And I know that's an easy answer to your question, and I'm going to answer it. You know, it's, I, I truly compartmentalize things, and I set priorities and challenge myself. I'm not working till 2 a.m. in the morning because I don't find that to be balanced. You know, my day starts early. It ends when it needs to end. Um, but I make time for my family, my nuclear family. My extended family and my friends. Um, But you know, you can, one thing that I've always lived by, Bart, that I always find very interesting if you want to do something, you genuinely want to do it, you figure out a way to make it happen. That's if we want to go to a wedding for a family member. Do we want to attend this event? Do I want to go to that? If you really don't want to go, you're not going to go. But if, if it's something you want to get done, you figure it out. If the why is important enough, the how becomes easy. Yeah, I, I just think it's a it, 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 it only takes moments to send a quick email, to post something on LinkedIn. You know, you, you, I, I think the simplest answer would be I'm on a five and a half hour flight back from Las Vegas to the East Coast. That's five and a half hours. I'm sitting, I'm stagnant. It takes two to three minutes to do a couple of posts, maybe a couple of quick follow-ups and then take a nap, there's yeah. a happy balance. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just think we can all um, live by setting our priorities, but making sure those priorities are in balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've always said that family comes first. I would say it to who I report directly to. Um, I think they know it, um, but it doesn't, it's not the end all and be all that I'm gonna not do what I'm responsible for. But family is first and foremost for me, no matter what. Um, my job responsibilities and the people that I'm responsible for with mm-hmm. follow that very closely. And then everything else just sort of is part of it. Followed in the point. Uh, well, and that's another reason why, Jeffrey,
0: I thought you would be so amazing for this podcast to share to our, you know, at this point, it's probably because of 40,000 listeners. of your methodology, your thought process. Thank you for sharing your three deep relationship aspect with us. And it is so much more. And what I love about the podcast is it gives people the ability that maybe that have not met you yet to learn a little bit more about Jeffrey Brenner. And yes, it's Jeffrey Brenner with Seiko Watch LLC, but it's just also Jeffrey Brenner as an individual. That's why I think you and I immediately connected. You were you were picking up what I was putting down from messaging. And I know before we hit record, you shared a little story about stairs. Would you mind ending with that story?
1: Because uh, it made me laugh. I don't mind at all, Bart. Thank you, first of all, for having me. It's been a pleasure you know, speaking with you and obviously getting to know you over the past several months. And uh, as I had said, I've taken a few moments to listen to several of your other podcasts and they have uh, enlightened me and given me some ideas and ways to... Maybe look at things a little differently, and um, without it being too deep, you know, being sort of casual and lighthearted, um, and at the same time um, functional for me, right? So, you know, you one of the things you you in in many of your different presentations, you talk about stairs and you talk about escalators, and are you the person that takes the stairs or stands still and goes up the escalator? I'm hoping I'm getting that as close as possible. And after I left that event. I'm in the airport and I have my bags and here's a large group of stairs and there's the escalator and I stop and there's a lot of people around me. I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I don't know which one to take. I took the stairs because I said, that's what Bart would want me to do. But there have been many different challenges. I cannot to this day, since we've met, look at stairs and escalators the same way. And that's okay. And, And it makes me stop and think for a moment what are my goals? What am I doing? What is my purpose? What do I need to accomplish right now, right? And and sometimes it's the stairs and sometimes it's the escalator. And they both work depending on what my end result is. Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you for sharing that so eloquently because most people
0: don't take the stairs and you are now making conscious decisions that if it's right for you, for the end reason, for your values, for your purpose, for your mission, for your goal, go ahead and take this there. So anyway, Jeffrey, um, cannot thank you enough for sharing such great ideas, such great positivity. From a takeaway perspective, I probably was typing in three pages of notes of things that I can incorporate in my own life to make myself better. So I am so grateful for that. We want to make sure that Joseph hears this, that Walter in heaven hears this, that your mentors hear this, and that your brother hears this. Um, if individuals would like to get in touch with you, if it's okay, may I share your email address? Absolutely. Okay. So Jay Brenner, B-R-E-N-N-E-R at Seiko USA, S-E-I-K-O-U-S-A.com. Uh, Jeffrey Brenner on LinkedIn. You are just an incredible human being proud to know you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for instilling such great relationship ideas with people and connecting individuals to make it a better world, because that's what you are doing. You are connecting people to make it a better world. And I am grateful for what you do and for knowing you.